to truly believe in the magic. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome to this episode of Let's Talk Magic, an Orlando Magic podcast. Uh, on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the uh, return of the king, Markel Fultz. We're going to be discussing if Paolo Bancaro should be in the conversation for most improved player. And finally, we're going to be discussing if the Magic are buyers or sellers in the tra- trade market uh, with a deadline approaching. Uh, today's episode is brought to you in associ- association with Attraction Tickets, the UK's number one attraction ticket and theme park hotel provider for all of Orlando's major theme parks. This includes attractions, shows, sporting events, including tickets to the Orlando Magic themselves. So when planning your next Orlando vacation, please check out attractiontickets.com using our link in the description to purchase your tickets. You can also visit letstalkmagic.com for all of our affiliate links and discount codes, including the NBA store and Fanatics. So without further ado, uh, if, you, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see it's just the two of us this week. Uh, Mr. Gary Craggs, how are we, sir? Looking smart as always. I don't know about as always, mate, but I've uh, just got back in from work, so... It was just basically grab a drink and straight on with the Welsh wizard. Ah, oh, good man. Good how, man. how are you, mate? You all right? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, I'm getting over this uh, this cold. Um, I did drink a bit of Cavonia before uh, I came on, so I don't start coughing and spluttering all over the place. But um, how was your week, other than? Just busy with work, mate. So it's one of those. Yeah. It's very busy, busy time, busy time. So I'm just focusing on work and uh, doing what I can there. You know, you got to keep the pennies earning. You do, mate. Uh, you know. If not, there's no penny for your thoughts. Boom, you know, like old podcast. <laughs> um, how about yourself? Busy? Yeah, work's been a bit crazy. Um, the cat went to the vet. Uh, that cost us a an arm and a leg. Uh, luckily, she's okay though. Is a little penny. So um, yeah, no touch wood. She she's uh, out of the woods now, and um, it's all good. So um, you need a second cat, mate. I've got two cats. No, but you need another a third cat then. <laughs> yeah, oh, the, the kid, the kids will probably be asking if they're listening to this. Um, yeah, yeah, call it call or collect. <laughs> yeah, well, Mikey's got a decision to make in a couple of uh, months' time. Obviously, with the yeah. uh, impending uh, baby due, so uh, we'll see what he I, calls. Uh... I do know Ben, who's someone who might be watching this, who's a Florida resident. When he's with his other half, his missus, when he ran into Call Anthony when she was heavily pregnant, suggested call and call. And, she, and it was said, well, what if it's a girl? And he, he did say Colette when signing yes. for them on video. So that's where I got that from. Yeah, no, it's a good name. It's a good, strong name. Good, strong name. That's exactly what Cole said. Really? Was it? It is, yeah. Excellent. Um, right, let's get let's get into it. The week that was... Um, so a couple of things uh, since we've last played. We obviously played the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I think it was on Sunday. Uh, and then we played the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, a couple of nights ago. Um, but we we did have the return of the king. Mark L. Fultz was back. Um, he wasn't in the starting lineup. He, he came in off the bench. Um, but what did you see, Gary, um, that Mark L. brought in his limited minutes since his return uh, in those two games? <clears throat> I think the positives um, from from Markel are that he's obviously still got the pace of bringing the ball up the court fast. He can still drive into the paint and he's obviously still a good passer. Um, he can find his man. We've seen he can still like loop passes around at crazy angles and such. So there is that 
how can I put it, the grace that Markel brings the ball up the floor with and the pace that he brings the, the ball up the floor with, I think were evident straight away where he can lead a fast attack. So I think they were the the positives that Markel would have brought you. Um, I know he's your boy, so how about yourself? Yeah, um, you, t- you touched upon it there. Obviously, he's he's rusty. Um, this is like preseason for him, isn't it? Um, and you look at those two games and he what, played 28 minutes in total. Um between them he didn't shoot the ball very well um but that could be down to you know rust etc um he went two for 11 in total from the field no three-point field goals and I know a lot of people were jumping on him for for passing up on an open corner three and just slashing uh into trouble so to speak um he's over four at the line and you've got that kind of that hitch um is is showing itself again so that's the uh Oh, what's it called? The uh, thoracic outlet Thoracic. syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we don't know if that's uh, an issue that's sort of reared its ugly head. Um, but but well, like what you said, it, it's the pace that he brings, uh, the tenacity and driving uh, and getting to the paint. You know, in those 28 minutes, he did get six assists, one steal. Um, and more importantly for me, it was just one turnover in 28 mm-hmm. minutes for a, you know a player that's rusty isn't too bad. Um, obviously, you'd like to see him uh, get up to speed uh, a bit quicker, you know, score some um, more points and get to those kill spots, I think, as he, as he called them last year, you know, at the shoulder of the key. Uh, we know he can drain those buckets. So um just want to see him continue to do that. But, you know, he, he just needs to stay healthy, uh, get back into a rhythm. Um, but... He's a he is a great player, and I say this every week. But you're just going through training camp at the moment with him, so I think mm. everyone needs to just give him a little bit of time, just to uh, find his feet, um, and hopefully he becomes you know the player we know he can be become, uh, and what we've seen in the past. Um, did you did you think that his return benefited the team? Um, I think in the if I'm being brutally honest, G in the short term, no. Mm-mm. And it's not to knock Markel, but it's a similar thing with the Wendell Carter return. It's, and you said it yourself, right now he's basically in game one of the season or preseason. He's somewhere in that range. He's he, He's got to be rusty. Um, I, I think in the Hawks game when he came in after the initial buzz, we did take a backward step and looked a bit out of sync. But there's a lot of things that's got to happen there. First of all, he's got to find his rhythm. He's got to find his fitness. He's got to find his place in the team. And the team have got to also adapt to playing around Mark Elligan. Um, It does change the dynamics slightly in terms of ball handling. It will change defensive schemes. It will change offensive schemes to a degree. Um, and we have seen, unfortunately, um, the unwelcome return of that hitch. Um, that has been evident in the shots. I know there's been a lot about... I, I've got to be honest, when we were watching the, the Hawks game, uh, I sent Paul a message because I went, I really don't want to upset G here. But <laughs> when he was when he was shooting a free throw, I went, I don't like the form there like, in terms of what we're seeing right now. And that's not the bash Markel folds because I was willing it. But when I saw it, I was kind of just, I kind of closed my eyes for a second. And I went, I wish I hadn't seen that. Because um, it's what no Orlando fan wants to see. And it's what Markel Fultz won't want to see. And I think it's one of those things where nobody will be more aware of that hitch than Markel Fultz. Nobody. But we've also got to um, 
how can I put this? If he's in the rotation and he stays healthy, he's got to be given limited minutes. I think like we did with Wendell until he got injured again to play his way back and show us what he's got. So right now, it would be a little minutes restriction, as we're seeing. And he also has to earn his minutes back into the team. And if in 10 games time, say, or eight games time, we're still seeing the shoulder hitch, there are, I'm not going to jump on a thing and say trademark hell, but there's something for the magic, the magic uh, front office to start saying, we have to look at this, the medical team, et cetera, because that would be at the point where you've gone through a preseason and you're then in your regular season and you'd be in that late October, early November swing. Um, what I ideally want is, is that the hitch disappears and we see him shooting the ball like he did at the end of last season. So yeah. I, I'm hoping, like right now, I'm not writing anything off. I'm just like, can that hitch please go away from whence it came? Um, and I think that's what you want to see. It's what I want to see because a Mark Hell of 34% from three is fine. Yeah. That that's fine because of everything else he brings. Thirty four percent, thirteen points, seven or eight assists, and the defense and rebounds you would also get from steals from Markel. We take that and we say, "Oh, that's an asset." Um, but I'm not going to jump on anyone like I, I, that quick out the gate. I just bit like Wendell. I I wouldn't have had either of them starting. Markel didn't. Wendell did. They need to be given the equivalent of pre-season minutes to ease themselves back in so let's see where he is in eight games time and have another look yeah yeah agree with me um and you know he's a, a perfectly capable player you know he's only played 198 games in his career um you know and he's somebody who's capable of you know his career highs at 28 points 15 assists he's got two triple doubles amongst those 198 games you've seen the impact he can bring uh you know to an offense and a defense um, so hopefully, um, you know, it all works out. So fingers crossed on that one. Um, Jet Howard, um, obviously we've had a few injuries back on home court and we've chosen to leave Jet on the G League assignment. Um, were you happy with that decision or would you prefer to see him, you know, as JT would say, um, with the big club getting sort of spot minutes? I saw um, Coach Mosley's interview where he was talking about getting him the value of getting 30 minutes a night in the G League. I can see the logic behind it, so I'm not jumping all over it, so to speak, and saying we must have this jet back in the lineup. My worry is, I guess, is that we've got a lot of injuries again. That's my first worry, the amount of injuries we've seemingly now got again. Um, and I think every Magic fan's probably frustrated with that. I am. And we're looking at a lottery pick. And then it's a case of people raising questions, which is inevitable. What could we have had? If Jet isn't ready, what could we have drafted to have done us a job? Um, so am I happy with it? I understand it. And if this is too, if this benefits down the line, next, this time next year, the Jet's in the rotation and he's then fantastic, that's fine. We're playing a long game here. Um, I would be lying if I said I really wish that Jet was excelling and getting minutes right now because at the end of the day, a lottery pick's a lottery pick. And when you've got a huge injury list, which we have, 
it would be nice to think our 11th pick could step in and get himself a good 15 minutes a game and productive because we are seeing that from other players picked after him so I think yeah, it's, I think it's understandable and inevitable um, what's your thoughts G? Um, it's almost one of those isn't it we, like, we got too many young players is it that we've you know drafted Black and uh, Jet and we're almost bringing him along super slow in that he's almost destined to be next year's rookie if that makes sense so that you know, potentially we might trade out of this next year's draft because we've got a glut of, you know, younger players. Um, and then we use him next year as, you know, the rookie. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean, mate. Um, would I be happy with us trading out of next year's draft? I don't know yet. I think it's a decision to make on draft night and look at the class and look at projections about who's likely to go where because even though you can't predict like we're probably going to be a team that's picking between what, 16 and eight, 20 eight, yeah I was going to say 16, 18, 20 somewhere in that range so if it's not a particularly deep draft I know there's been criticisms of it but we've had those before and players have been picked up if we can project who maybe three or four players are who might be available around that time if one of them's really floating our boat if we could pick another Cole Anthony level performer up in that range, then you'd use the pick. Mm. Um, but yeah, it could be a JJ Reddick thing with Jet, where we don't see the best yeah. of Jet in the year three. And if that's the case and we get a player of that quality, great. But I just think there's going to be inevitable frustrations because when we went into the summer's draft, we all knew we were coming out of it with two lottery picks. And we wanted one of those lottery picks to address shooting. And yeah. One of the other two shooters that's been around, one of them who we all had a bit of a laugh about, and me me leading the way. Um, <laughs> I will say that, but there was one obviously, Grady Dick, where we were looking, going, can he solve the issues? Now, I think that looks to be a worse pick than Jet right yeah. now, from what I've seen. Um, but then on the other hand, where you look at Hawkins, he looks like somebody who could have really helped us, and I think it's. I don't think it's bad fandom. I just think it's pure human nature that you're going to look at it and go, we could have done that. And with the problems we've got right now, he would have seen huge, huge minutes in the rotation. So I guess we want to be sitting here in two years' time and we want to be talking going, we've got a JJ Redick and not a James Booknight. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, Now, uh, Paul wrote this, so we've we've prepared, but unfortunately, Paul can't make it uh, on on this episode. Uh, but he's asked for our player performances of the week. Now, obviously, it's that Atlanta game uh, and the Minnesota game, which, to be honest with you, um, I know you haven't seen it in in its entirety, Gary. Uh, I did to not waste your life, mate, because it was an absolute car crash. Um, but who's your player of those, you know, last couple of games, perhaps. Well, here's Paul putting us on the spot, no matter what, no matter how you slice it. There's a pun for you, Paul, if you're listening. Um, I know he said anyone not called Paolo Bancaro. So, like, we obviously can't go for Paolo in the, in the Atlanta game. I, I know we spoke off energy. I think, for me, the, the player performance was probably Caleb Houston against Atlanta, um, where... He was that 3 and D guy that we've seen glimpses of and 
probably the three and D guy that before the draft we were hoping we would have a three and D guy doing what Caleb did in the Atlanta game as a result of our draft pick. Um, and that's not to say, by the way, that Jet Howard won't do that down the line. But that performance was really one of the things we are sorely lacking because Caleb hitting the three like he was in that game, I felt yeah. it gave Paolo so much room and freedom to operate in. And it was kind of a glimpse into this is what you might need and might have to look at it somewhere down the line. So Caleb Houston for me. How about you, G? Yeah, I got, I got Caleb down, yeah. Uh, just looking at his numbers, you know, he made 15 three-point field goals in the last four games. Um Four of four of six against Sacramento, two of five against Denver, seven of fourteen against Atlanta, uh, and then he dipped off against Minnesota. But he still made two of ten, um, so that's not bad figures. Um, obviously, I think I said it a couple of weeks ago. I think Black started one of the halves when we were on the West Coast road trip, and he got yanked in the second half, and they put Caleb in. Um, I think it might be in Phoenix, and Caleb made two three-point field goals. And I remember thinking, yeah, that's why he needs to be on the floor. Um, I don't think Black offers enough, um, you know, shooting. I know he's got a, a decent rate, but the fast release and, you know, you just got a bit more confidence when Caleb's shooting the ball, haven't you? Like JT says on, on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we've got him locked up, you know, second round pick. Uh, we've unearthed a bit of a gem there, I think. Um, and he's locked up next two seasons. And I think he's going to be making about 2 million per season. So um, somebody who can spread the floor like that, 3 and D, kind of reminds you reminds you of uh, Mikhail Pietris or Keith Bogans from the mm. good old days, doesn't it? Um, but other than Caleb, because you picked Caleb, uh, I'm going to go with Jalen Suggs. Um Again, that four-game stretch, he scored 24 at Sacramento. He scored 27 at Denver, 16 against Atlanta, and 20 against Minnesota. Um, But get this, his three-point field goals in the last four Mm. games, 21 made out of 36, good for 58%. Now, I think at the beginning of the season, we said, you know, if he can make a jump there, uh, and add a couple of extra points, you know, the tenacity of his defense, the steals he gets um, in that spate, spate of time as well. He he, he got six steals uh, and only nine turnovers, you know, for somebody who's handling the ball quite a bit now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not bad, is it? Um, uh, and then obviously, if you've watched the Atlanta game, I thought he was very unlucky to foul out of that game. Um, I don't think the foul was on him, was it? I've got a question for you, G. It's, it's on, totally man. like off, off, but off, there's not on any agendas. There's not on anything we've pre-planned. But obviously, we've seen this backcourt then of of Suggs and and Caleb Houston. Yeah, and we've kind of, we've had this discussion before on the pod. Markel's health's up for debate at the minute. I think even yeah. as a huge Markel fan, you would agree with that. We know Franz Wagner is to come back, and we know the two certain names in the Magic lineup are Franz and Paolo. And probably Jalen Suggs as well. Now yes. you've got to say, is there scope given the ball handling duties that Paolo is in particular is capable of is that we might be seeing a lot more minutes, not even of this model, but something of a similar one where it's Jalen Suggs and another, and it doesn't necessarily mean a point guard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned Paolo can bring the ball up. Franz also, um, yeah. and Jalen. So you've got three there who are capable. Um, 
And that's why I wasn't that bothered when Black got benched uh, in that game, just to have Caleb, um, although we haven't really seen any ball handling out of him. Uh, you know he's perfectly capable. Um, if you needed another ball handler, you know, you've got obviously got Cole as an option. Um, but going forward, it's a good, you know, problem to have that we've got other ball handlers and we don't necessarily have to have somebody who, you know, needs the ball to to, to bring it up. Um, yeah, how about you? Yeah, I, I, I do think I've said this for a while now, that there is a future for the Magic, possibly, where we play with point forwards and our guards are very much a bit like... So when the Bulls had Jordan and Pippen doing the ball handling, particularly Scotty Pippen is like the point forward, what you got from your point guard, you had like specialist areas, with like Harper was there, Steve Kerr, John okay. Paxson. And I, I do look at the Magic team and think there is a, a possible future where we have specialists in the backcourt, basically three and D guys. Yeah. Great, be great defenders and floor spaces. And then anything, you know, you could technically have two shooting guards yeah. or two combo guards in the backcourt and just go for, right, you lock the perimeter up, you'll be called on to do a little bit of ball handling, but you've got to be ready to lock people down and hit the open three. And Jalen Suggs is becoming one of the best in the game at that right now because his three-point rate is around about 40% for the season. Um, ideally, we were saying, like I, I think me, to be honest, but I could be wrong, if we could get Jalen around 37% for three-point shooting, that would be great. Well, he's at 40 now. So that makes him a good, recognised three-point shooter, the guy you can't just leave open. So we've got one. He can handle the ball, and he's one of the best defenders in the NBA. So we've got one. We've got one. And then you look at what else is there. And there is a world. There is a world where the the big minutes go to call because if he can, if he's that consistent in offense, he can hit the three. He's a, he's an above average three point shooter. But I do wonder if it's one of the decisions which we don't have to make yet ends up being well, we've got two ball handlers, three arguably. Um, let's just go for two, three, and D guys in the backcourt. We don't need a point guard. Yeah. Um, and another sort of thing to throw in there. What if you said to Jalen Suggs? In the off season, working your ball handling, you know, he's got Probably the what? size. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that he's got the size. He's able to shoot the ball. He can defend. Um, you know, he could defend the one. He can defend the two. You've seen him give um, you know players fits um, on defense. Could you ask him to do a little bit more in the, bringing the ball up? Well, he was drafted as a point guard, wasn't he? Exactly. You know, when we drafted him, it was like, well, we've now got three point guards when really in the, the, the DJ era before we brought Markell in, it was kind of like we were struggling for a point guard. DJ, for me, like I like DJ, but he was a bit of a desperation signing mm. when he was made, for me. Um, and we all know, it, I think it panned out well, but he was a bit of a, we really need a point guard. So we got DJ Augustin and, and then yeah. we had we were kind of trying to fill space and then all of a sudden we've got three cable point guards but how the point guard role is for the Magic may be very different to how we would have thought it would have been a few years ago because prior to the draft picks we were always we were looking at the future of the team being 
propped up on the back of what Markel does and what Jonathan Isaac does. So there yeah. might be there might be a bit of a change of pace there. There might not, but I think it's it's one of the possible options of how this team will form. Yeah. Yeah. All very interesting. On a tangent, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, next uh, topic we have: Should Paulo Banquero be in the conversation for most improved player? Um. So at this point of the season, I think Tyrese Maxi uh, appears to be the runaway favourite for the award. Um, others so far universally with the bookies are your boy Sangoon. You're very happy mm-hmm. with that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Scotty Barnes, Kobe White. He's having a good season. Tyrese Halliburton, Derek White. Franz Wagner is there, but he's he's a little bit adrift. Uh, Anthony Simons, Cam Thomas, and Jalen Williams from the OKC Thunder. Um, so when you look at those names, uh, is there an argument for Paolo's inclusion? There is an argument, but it's not a one that's going to get any airtime. Yes. I, 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 I think that's... <laughs> like I... I I like Paolo. We all do. We know he's good. I think he's that good that he's not going to get included on this list, which is crazy because he put up generational rookie numbers and loads of people didn't notice outside of Orlando. Um, he's now putting up after, you know, like we talked about the slow start, the impact of injury, Team USA, the way the team was structured, etc. He's now putting up all-star, legit all-star numbers. But I think he's going to continue to fly under the radar. We know Franz is on there, but I think Paolo's been that good as a rookie that it's not going to register him for it. So if you were asking me about who I think is going to be in there, I think Tyrese Maxey is deserved up there. I think Sengun is definitely deserved up there. And Kobe White's gene being just as late to the, has been late to the party, but if you're going to put him in, you've got to put Paolo in. Um. Yeah. Scotty Barnes, I think he's on a, I think he's on a natural trajectory. I, I think he's made, he had a bad season last season, and he's now in a similar class to Franz Wagner, where they're both where you would probably expect them to be after their rugby campaigns. So, like, they are both good. They are both people who people might put all star votes in, but I think for me, um, Derek White deserves some love. Sorry, but. Celtics play, he deserves some love. And I think there could be a late swell for Jalen Williams because the Thunder are doing that well if they end up as the number one seed in the West, which could happen. Um, yeah, People are going to be saying, well, he wasn't the number one pick. He wasn't the rookie of the year. His numbers keep on improving and he's arguably on the best team in the West. So someone's going to get an award there, whether it's Shear is the the MVP, whether it's Chet Holmgren as the Rookie of the Year or whether Jalen Williams makes a run at this. Someone's going to get some love from Oklahoma. And to be fair, if they're doing what they're doing now, somebody should get some love from Oklahoma. Yeah, for sure. How about you, man? I like Tyrese Halliburton in that list, you know. I think he's, you know, done wonders for the uh, Indiana Pacers, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, we all wish him well. Uh, Obviously, he's suffered that injury. Uh, his hamstring a couple of days ago. Um, he's a fun player. Good to see. Um, see what you know. Out of that lot, I I like Halliburton. If I'm honest with you, uh, has he been just a bit too good though? 
before this season, a bit like Paolo. Yeah, that's the argument, isn't it? That is the argument. I mean, I don't have his numbers in front of me, so I don't know what the jump is, but I'm just thinking of the impact on on the performance of the team. You know, you, you look mm-hmm. at the paces, uh, that there are thereabouts in that, you know, with us and many other teams, four through eight is decided by, you know, 0.5 games at the moment. Um, and, you know, we had the paces, if we're thinking about it, about seven, six, seven, eight, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, I think they're overachieving as, as a ball club. Um, and I think it's due to Tyrese. But obviously last year, um, when he did go down injured, the wheels came off, didn't they? So He's gone down injured again. He has. So I think two weeks, they said, and they're going to review um, how he's getting on. So, yeah, watch this space with the, with the paces, I think. The man deserves to start in the All-Star game in the Eastern Conference as a guard. He's phenomenal. Um, he's a star player in this league. He impacts winning. There's a lot of positives about Tyrese Halliburton, and I think he's a bit like Paolo in the respect that he's maybe just been that little bit too good. Yeah. Um, and it's why I would say that he's probably not going to get it. And it's why I think Scotty Barnes and Franz Wagner probably aren't going to get the uh, the love either, because I think they're just on that. That's where you would expect them to be trajectory. Yeah. So Franz should be in the conversation, but you don't think he'll get it? I, I don't think he'll get it. I think he's had a bit of a weird start to the season, Franz, because he's been good. He has been good, but he hasn't. I think the, the, there's been times when the three-point shots probably, if if you were just doing the eye test, doesn't match the stats by yeah. what he's done. But it, he got injured at the wrong time because I think he was hitting offensive form. Um, he deserves love, absolutely. But I think him and Scotty Barnes are on a very similar level for me, um, where they're kind of both... They're on for me where the natural trajectory is. They're both legit 20 points plus per game guys yeah. in the NBA in their third season um, they are both guys who look like they could get legitimate votes for the all-star teams they both look like good offensive options and they would have a heavy heavy trade price if a team yeah. came for them Scotty Barnes and Franz Wagner but Barnes has been tremendous this season as well Yeah, face so, of the NBA I, apparently eh? is he? Apparently, that's what he, his coach um, was um, spouting when he was having a go at the officials after the uh, LA Laker game. Have you not seen that? I've seen the thing. I just thought not in this lifetime, mate. Yeah, yeah. I like him, but he's not the face of the NBA. No, he's not. So, so yeah, not, not not in this lifetime, G. Yeah. Um. So the trade deadlines are upon us. Uh, so do you think the Magic are going to be buyers or sellers um i mean we're probably slightly ahead of where we thought the magic were going to be in terms of record um to what we realistically expected this season um and we're playing you know a couple of teams in the next week you know january is going to be a bit of a gauntlet obviously we're playing the heat uh on friday um road ahead looking quite tough um, obviously in the seeding battle in the coming weeks now. So should we be sort of thinking, Do we should we use a player or picks to bring, say, an experienced shooter in to push the team forward this season or not? I think if we were imagining uh, Weltman sat by the phone, he's probably sat there um, with a bowl of popcorn and got two key on with his feet up and he's thinking if it rings, it rings. 
I think that's yeah. probably where we're at. And I'm not saying that we don't need players because we do. Um, I think there is a couple of glaring weaknesses in the team. I think if the right deal presented itself and we had the players to make it happen, I think we would entertain calls. But I don't think we are aggressively pursuing deals. I think it's if trade rumours swirled that were legitimate for a player that would advance us, the phone would maybe be picked up. But I don't think we are picking the phone up and going begging for players. Picks, no. maybe. Maybe a draft thing, who knows. But I'm looking at the list. I think, obviously, the Jonathan Isaac deal. <laughs> Is he a yeah, trade he's piece? Fully, he's fully guaranteed now. We didn't, uh, we didn't waive him. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, that would have been a, a hell of a surprise if we had, to be honest with you, the way he's been playing this season when well, he has played. I think the big thing, and it's gone further into the agenda, Gene, and I know we're switching around a little bit on this, but I do, I, I could see in Orlando Magic after February where Gary Harris isn't on the team. I could see in Orlando Magic in February where Wendell isn't on the team. I could see in Orlando Magic where Jonathan Isaac isn't on the team. I think those three possibly could go. I wouldn't be at all surprised if we lost to any of those players. But the problem what we've got is, and it is over and over and over again, is the wealth of talent we have sat in street clothes over and over and over again. And yeah. I just think if there was a deal on the table and those players have caught the eye of somebody and they do have value, then it would be entertained. So I wouldn't go around betting anything on the long-term future of those guys. But I don't think we're aggressively shopping them either. Um, but I, I could see if someone came in and offered a younger shoot, we've used like Corey Kispert's name. Now, it's not going to happen for Gary Harris, but if you were going to get that level of player back, maybe. Um, yeah. If you were going to get somebody a little bit cheaper and younger back, maybe. Um, if there was a package deal out there for the three of them, plus picks to get somebody really good, then I think we also look at that. But I just, I just don't think it's going to be aggressive. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. And, uh, you know, the, the way, the way we, where we are at the moment in terms of wins uh, and being a bit in front of the tra trajectory, um, obviously, means we've got that flexibility and uh, we don't have to make decisions on these guys, you know, ASAP. But is there any benefit to, you know, if they're not playing, keeping these guys on the sidelines? Comes down to what your faith is, that they're going to rare, that they're going to contribute. I, I'll ask you, G, you're the, you're the president of the Markel Fultz fan club. How confident are you that Markel's going to come back to full health? It's a tough one, isn't it? it um, is. Yeah, I mean, you need you need to give him a couple of weeks just to get up to speed, as we mentioned previously. Um, he's obviously very capable. Uh, do I want him traded? Absolutely not. Um, and but can I see uh, a Markel Fultz coming off the bench in the future, just as you know, a spark plug from the bench? Uh, just to sort of change things up. You know, we talked about not having a true point guard in the in the starting lineup. Um, mm -hmm. If you've got options of, you know, Fultz and Anthony, 
coming from the bench, it gives you two different sort of um, aspects, doesn't it? One, you've got to push the ball, uh, get to the rim, you know, get the defense to collapse in faults, or you've got Anthony who capable again capable of bringing the ball up and shooting lights out. So there's two mm. options there. Um, if you were to go down the route of, you know, get your point forwards in there for the starting lineup. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a tough one. I mean, I, I think, I, who did I watch on Sunday night? Brooklyn played Portland. I don't know if you saw this game. I think it was an early game for us in the UK. Anthony mm. Simons went off. He scored 30-odd points. And he did sort of think, you know, if you could get someone like Simons and you you uh, you know you put him in there with Franz and Paolo and you know Jalen uh, and whoever we play at centre, be it Goga or Wendell or, or Mo, um, I think you become very very dangerous. But is it enough to you know beat the Boston Celtics? Mm, probably not. So. No. Um, I think there it's is a game a world. of chess, mate. It's a game of chess, isn't it? I th- I'll be honest. I think there's a world where Wendell Carter Jr. There are phone calls about. Yeah, I, I think someone will ring about now. Whether we train him, that's a totally different thing. But I could see people have an interest in Wendell, and the natural package would be putting Gary Harris with him because if Caleb Houston's going to make his development as he is. Gary Harris hasn't been great this season for me. Really, when he has been available and maybe his minutes are going to be even more limited and they might think, right, we can get something, let's let's take it. Um, I'm not saying I'd trade either of them, but I, I do I do think people would look at our roster and go, who can I get from the Magic? And it would be probably Wendell would be the guy with the highest value right now. Um, and it's what the package is. You know, if someone puts a package down and it's we're going to land Anthony Simons back by giving up Wendell and Gary Harris, in it when you're kind of going well, if it's starting a couple of draft picks or something, you may be going well. Let's get it done. That like that may swing people. Would you would you do that trade? I would add Anthony Simons to Magic. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. So would I. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've got Gorga there, um, yeah. and I like Wendell, but. You know, you've got a guy who's playing games for starters. You've got a guy who can shoot. All of a sudden, you've got—he's from Florida. You've got the—you've got him and Jalen Suggs in your backcourt, and then you've got four young guys. And then you're like, right, okay, well, what can we do for a center? And they can be hard. They can be a hundred percent hard. And so, so it is what it is. But I do think Wendell would be the name that people might be going. Can we get that guy out of Orlando? Would Portland be actively picking the phone up to us to get him for Anthony Simons? No, I don't think so. They want to no. keep him at all accounts. Yeah, but obviously they're not happy with the way DeAndre Ayton's playing. They're not. They're not. But um, I think they'd want to get him out. Yeah. Would you want to see dominating in Orlando? With DeAndre Ayton? No, yeah. no you're, all right. you're all right. I'd be happy with uh, with Wendell. But, um, yeah. Yeah, dominating, lot, lot, lots, lots of centers and options, you know, out there. Um, are we you know, probably something we should do in the next couple of weeks? Just pull together a list of uh, free agents for the uh, upcoming season, just so we can, uh, you know, have a look at that. Um, 
Right then, so let's get on to predictions then. We're not going to record now until the 18th of January, so next Thursday. Before that, Magic hit the road for four games. Uh, first on, we take the dirty, stinking Miami Heat. Then we are uh, second night of a back-to-back against the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, followed by a trip to the New York Knicks, and then we close out the road trip in Atlanta. So how are you seeing this four-game trip go, mate? It's a case of how injured we are, mate. Um, I, I think that plays a huge role for me. It doesn't look like Franz is going to be back for Miami from what we're seeing. Hmm. We're either going to go two and two or one and three. And it's going to be based around injuries. Um, I can't see us winning the first two just because of the injury list. So I'm going to be hoping to be pleasantly surprised and negative. So I'm going to open it up for you to be positive. Oh, gosh. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll say one and three and we beat the Hawks. But okay. I'm going to put an asterisk next to that and say I'm saying that because of injuries. Yeah, you're spot on about the uh, the injuries there. Um, I'm going to go two and two. You said yeah. a bit more positive. I got it right last week, um, although I wish Paul had got it right. We've gone two and oh. Um, I'm going to say we beat the Miami Heat. I think it's going to be one of those games, you know, backs against the wall. We've seen that a few times in Miami. A couple of, you know, you know, remember Vucevic getting 26 rebounds. Mm-hmm. Um all sorts of different players going off on them. Um, I'm not sure if uh, Jimmy Butler is going to be playing because I think he's missed the last five. Um, then obviously we've got the Oklahoma City Thunder on a back-to-back. Uh, I can't see us taking that. They're playing very well. Um, yeah. Followed by a game against the New York Knicks. Again, they're also playing very well following the acquisition of OG Ananobi. Uh, and then, you know, we have to beat the Atlanta Hawks. Um, so I'm going to be optimistic and say two and two. Um, but, you know, to be honest, we could go 0 and 4 based upon those injuries. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Paolo's carried us in the last couple of weeks. You know, we didn't expect to win in Denver. Um, we were quite lucky to get by Atlanta, to be honest with you, weren't we? Um, we were. But we let a couple slip slip last week in Golden State and Sacramento. Um, So you could probably say, you know, the last couple of weeks have gone as expected, really. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to go with two and two. Um, Anything else, mate, before we uh, wrap it up? It's just very much a case. I hated making that prediction. I hated saying one and three. Um, and it's just sad, I think, that we're in this position here and on Magic Socials where we're talking about injuries again plaguing our season. I think that's really sad. And we need, I'm hoping that we can get players back fit and we can get the likes of Joe Ingles, I think, is a huge miss. Franz is a huge miss. I think those, if we can get those two guys in particular back, I think it would make a big, big difference to us. Yeah, for sure. Um so that's going to do it this week. But before we go, we just want to say thank you to all our patrons. Uh, so thank you for your incredible support. Uh, Barry Conn, Paolo and Franz Warmth, Holly Law, Gary Clark, Angus Craig, Dylan Holden, Alan Kane, Tom Sohn, Mark Joss, Sean Moore, Liam Radbourne, Andy Lindley, Stuart Benzies, Drum Drum, Drummy Drum Drum. 
And if you are interested in joining our Patreon, we have three tiers available with varying benefits. Uh, please visit patreon.com forward slash Let's Talk Magic to join today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, and don't forget to, to uh, click the notification button so you don't miss any future episodes. Uh, please leave us your comments, reviews, questions. Uh, we love interacting with you all uh, and we'll get back to you. Uh, please share what we do with other Magic fans. It really does help us grow the show. Uh, and you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, X or, or Twitter, all at underscore Let's Talk Magic. Uh, so from Gary and myself, until next week, go Magic.